Hello, and welcome to the Doctors Washington Podcast. On this episode of The Story, we will dive in deep with Dr. LaTanya to discuss her path, her life, and her future goals. Dr. LaTanya is an internal medicine and pediatrics physician. She completed her residency training in 2008. She has practiced in many different settings throughout her career from traditional office practice, caring for both adult and pediatric patients, urgent care, pediatric emergency medicine, and hospitalist medicine. She's a little non-traditional in that she was very interested in the business side of medicine, so decided to go back to school after practicing medicine for several years to get a master's of business administration. She is currently serving as the physician advisor at St. Francis Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. Dr. LaTanya, did you always want to do MedPeds? So I will say that initially when I started out going to knowing that I would go to medical school, I really said that I wanted to be a pediatrician. So from a very early age, when someone asked me what I wanted to be, I always said pediatrician. However, once I got into medical school, I started talking to other medical students and other residents and seeing these people who had on their coats that they were med peds. And I said, you know, what is that? I did a little bit of investigation and I found out that they were doing a combined residency in both internal medicine and pediatrics. And these residents were like the super smart residents on the team. They knew a lot about a lot of different things. And so I really wanted to be like them. I had also during my third year medical school rotation talked to one of the residents and she was telling me about the options for MedPeds once you graduated from residency. And it really seemed like the opportunities were endless. That was why I decided to go into MedPeds. Are there a lot of MedPeds doctors out there? There are a good number of MedPeds. I think that you will find that there are not a lot of physicians out there who are double boarded in both internal medicine and pediatrics. So when you look at those doctors, they usually have, you'll usually see a lot of physicians who are family medicine. You won't necessarily see a lot of people who are MedPeds, but MedPeds is certainly growing as a specialty. You will find a lot of older physicians who actually did two separate residencies in internal medicine and pediatrics, and the combined residency program is a four-year program as opposed to having three years to do internal medicine residency and then another three years to do the pediatric residency. Dr. Latanya, what advice would you give a young woman or really any applicant that has desires of going into medicine? One of the things that I would say is make sure that you know that this is something that you really want to do. The time investment is so great in going into medicine that it's really important that you know that this is something that you like before you take the deep dive into medicine. It's really um, a time commitment. It's a financial commitment. And so that's why in our prior episodes, we talked a lot about doing community service, practicing in service-oriented industries so that you know you actually like the work. 
because I would say that you don't want to go uh, spend the time and invest in going into medical school and then deciding that you don't really like to be a doctor because you will have paid or you may end up having to pay uh, if you get student loans for that degree that you don't necessarily um, feel compelled to utilize. You mentioned that this is, should be something that you definitely want to do. Does that mean that there were challenges along the way that made it difficult to get from one step to another in your path? And if so, what are those challenges? Certainly there were challenges. I mean, medical school is difficult. I haven't met anyone who's uh, thought that med school was a breeze. For me, the challenges that I had during school was I certainly had to learn how to study for medical school. I didn't feel that undergraduate was extremely challenging. And so my study habits were not the best during that time. So going into medical school, I really had to revamp and and think about the way that I studied. I had to do more planning for my studying. As a uh, result of that, I will be totally transparent and say that, you know, my first time taking the USMLE step one, I did not pass that exam by one point, And I was so upset and so defeated uh, in doing that. And I had to retake the test. I had never really um, failed a major test like that before. It really caused me to reevaluate things and, again, refocus on studying. I would say that even the learning style that is required for just absorbing the amount of information that's required in medical school is tremendous. So we really have to work on that. And, you know, can it be done? Yes. You know, I had one failure of that exam, uh, but I came back and passed it and I continued to push myself. And I was encouraged by my family, my friends, uh, and the people around me to really continue to push through my career, which is what I've done. Um, Dr. Latanya, I know you mentioned before that the MedPeds residents in your training were people that you felt were super smart and knew so much about both the internal medicine and pediatrics portion of their job. Um, can you tell us what are some of the most meaningful patient experiences that you have had both in the internal medicine side of things as well as pediatrics? Yeah, I can share that. Throughout the years, I have had a lot of experiences with patients Uh, One of the things that really touched me was one of the first encounters I had as a third year medical student. I started out doing my internal medicine rotation. And one of the first patients I had was an elderly lady who had a diagnosis of lung cancer. And as a third year medical student, I go in and I'm interviewing the patient and examining the patient. And even with my um, eyes that were not seasoned in that it was my first rotation, I knew that this lady was very ill and that she would likely succumb to her illness. So I was talking to the patient and talking to her family members about her diagnosis of lung cancer. And I realized that while talking to her, they didn't really understand the severity of her condition. They understood that the patient had small cell lung cancer. For those of us who are medically inclined, we know that that is uh, not a good diagnosis and that diagnosis requires a lot of treatment. 
and people die from small cell lung cancer. Well, in their um, thought process, they were saying that because someone told them that it was small, they thought that that meant it was small in size and it wasn't something to worry about. As a result, I was able to talk to the patient and the family and then go back and talk to my resident and my attending and say, look, you know, she doesn't understand that this is actually a condition that is going to cause her to pass away. That was one of the extremely touching experiences that I had and really felt like I was able to make an impact early on. And then when we talk about pediatric patients, of course, uh, PEDS does have a special place in my heart. Just being able to love and hug on the kids was one of the highlights of um, my time in pediatrics. With PEDS, you know, I, I love the babies. I had read a lot about patients that had group B strep meningitis um, shortly after birth. So like newborns with this infection or newborns who had gone home and come back being very ill. Uh, However, early on, after I had gotten out of residency, there was a span of about two weeks time where I actually diagnosed two to three of these diagnoses. So throughout my residency training, I didn't really see it much. And I thought that that meant that patients were being cared for appropriately, so they weren't getting this disease. But then over a course of about a couple of weeks, then I saw three cases. And just really seeing the impact that that had on the new moms and on families uh, was really touching. One of the other things that I would say really touched me during the early years of my career, I had an opportunity to see that it was so important to communicate adequately with patients and with families. I really take patient advocacy as being something that we should do a better job of in medicine. And so really, I've utilized many aspects of my career to really focus on that and make sure that the patients and families understand their diagnoses and the consequences of their diagnoses and how they can treated and really become champions of that. And, you know, I was used to receiving hugs from patients on the pediatric side, uh, but I started getting hugs on the adult side too. And the patients and families were just so grateful that I would spend time to talk to them and tell them what was going on in a way that they could explain. And I was often told that some of my colleagues didn't necessarily do that. So I really took pride in that. That's great. Those are excellent stories um, about what you've experienced um, over the last several years of your practice. And speaking of being in practice, you've been practicing medicine for several years. What are some things within the U.S. healthcare system that you feel we could change to make the system better for everyone? Well, I certainly think that most physicians will agree that we do have an issue with access I believe that all Americans should have access to quality medical care. And um, I say that unapologetically. You know, I am one, I don't feel like having adequate health care or adequate health insurance is a privilege. I believe that it is a right. And so that's something that we can change uh, in our healthcare system, making sure that patients are able to get care when they need it such that conditions are not at advanced stages when we identify them. I 
sometimes feel like our U.S. healthcare system is not a healthcare system, it is a sick care system. I really feel that we should focus more on preventing disease rather than treating it uh, once the diseases arise. And in, in saying that, you know, I really feel like we should focus more on healthy eating, healthy living, physical activities early on in life. So in the pediatric years, so that people can develop healthy lifestyles and make healthy choices so that they don't develop conditions that are preventable. And then, of course, if we have unpreventable diagnoses that occur, then we tackle those early on so that we can get a handle on them and treat them appropriately. So, yeah, no, I think that was a good point that you mentioned. Um, and it kind of really ties into another question that, that I wanted to ask you. We know that you got a master's of business administration, and that kind of ties into, you know, thoughts about how to improve the health, like healthcare delivery and the healthcare system as a whole. So in thinking about that, how do you feel your MBA helps you practice medicine or helps to improve the healthcare situation here in America? Right. One of the reasons that I decided to get an MBA is because I felt like there were a lot of influences on how I was practicing medicine. And those influences and influencers were not always health professionals. And so I had a desire to understand why they were asking us as physicians to do certain things. So I felt that it was easier for me to learn more about that than for me to expect those administrators to go to medical school and become doctors and understand my viewpoint. So that was really my my background in wanting to get an MBA. I feel that the MBA really does kind of level the playing field for uh, health professionals and for physician leaders. I know the medical side of the patient care delivery. And so the MBA allows me to understand the business side uh, and the technical side of uh, delivering health care. And really by knowing both, I'm able to look at things objectively and make suggestions and make changes within our health system to influence patient care. So if I, so for example, if I um, see that in our hospital or in our healthcare system, we're not very efficient in providing this service, then really going in and saying, hey, we can make changes here and this could improve the patient care. Maybe the patient is able to get out of the hospital um, more quickly. Maybe the patient is able to be able to go home instead of having to go to a nursing facility, um, making sure that the patients are able to get medications that they're able to afford and, and understanding that, you know, different managed care companies or insurance companies have different formularies so that I'm you know, not the physician writing the patient a prescription for a $500 medicine when there is an alternative that may cost $20. So that's how I feel like the MBA helps me. So as our big sister, we were able to watch you go through these processes from, you know, younger education to higher education and beyond. What characteristics about yourself do you feel that you best emulated to us in order for us to come up behind you in similar in a similar field of, of education? Well, I would hope, uh, and you guys will have to tell me, I would hope that some of the characteristics that I um, 
portray that you all wanted to uh, mimic was my drive and determination. Certainly, I think that I did that. That was my hope. I mean, I encourage you all to go into to the medical field. And, and so really just working through that piece, I really don't like these side eyes that you all are giving me right now. As if you um, thought that I was not telling the truth. But again, I'll, I'll leave it at that. And you guys can tell me what characteristics you feel that I have that are worth emulating. I think one of the characteristics that I really admire about you was your drive as well as um, your perseverance, just because it showed me even at an early age that uh, pursuing a career in medicine wasn't something that was so far-fetched. I had the benefit of having both of my sisters that had already kind of traveled down that path before, uh, before I really even started um, along that journey. So I feel like you just showed me that that was something that could that could be done and also be done gracefully, even though it was this uh, um, area that could be done gracefully. I echo those sentiments, Dr. Jasmine. Um, you know, as my older sister, I was a little closer to your age as you were going through things and was coming right up behind you. And I think that those characteristics that you named and those that Jasmine named as well were evident as you were going from one step to another. And they definitely encouraged me to continue onward when I had difficult times as I was going through um, my medical school and residency, even though our, our, um, our specialties were a bit different, it still inspired me to know that if you could do it, so can I. Yeah, I also agree. And I think that one of the things that I really drew from was the fact that even though you all had not gone through it yet, you were encouraging to me as well. You know, we would often have uh, pep talk sessions where we would encourage each other to continue throughout the journey. And so I certainly appreciated that just having my sisters there to to root me on along the way was was something that I couldn't imagine having to go without. Dr. Latanya, you're pretty busy and there's a lot of things that you're doing that has nothing to do with your job um, as a physician. What drives you to make this time for those other activities? And tell us a little bit about them. Like what things are important to you? I will say that since I've gotten older and really had a little bit more autonomy over my schedule and things that I do with my job, that I have realized that community outreach is something that's very important to me. You know, I think all the time about what is it that I can do that can make the path easier for others? How can I help assist others with improving health equity and access to healthcare for marginalized communities. And so those things are are really important to me. We've talked in previous episodes about my involvement in organizations like the Bluff City Medical Society. Um, There are a couple of projects that are coming up that I'm involved in, but really just making sure that I'm able to help the people in the community 
you know, of course, taking care of patients, you're able to help the, the person in front of you, you know, your hands on caring for that patient, but really being able to affect the community in a much broader fashion, that brings me a lot of satisfaction in healthcare. Um, also, the patient education piece, I cannot speak uh, highly enough about the importance of having an empowered patient. You know, we certainly have to meet people where they are. We can't assume that people are unable to understand the gravity of their healthcare condition or what could be done to help manage their condition. Because when we think about it, there are pediatric patients that may have a diagnosis of type 1 diabetes, you know, three, four-year-olds, and they understand the concept of insulin and that they have to take insulin. So we can't assume that adult patients don't have that capacity as well. And so really meeting patients where they are, talking to them about their condition, helping them to understand it without using the complex doctor terms and teaching it to them so that if they needed to teach someone else about their condition or relay it to a loved one, that they would be able to do that. So that's just a small number of the things that are important to me outside of my regular job. Now, I think that was great that you uh, brought those things up and uh, talked a little bit about why, why they are so important to you. Another thing that you mentioned we always talked about are like fu- the future and our goals and aspirations. In light of that, what do you see yourself doing in the next five to 10 years in your career? I'm certainly on a physician leadership track at this time where I am working on growing as a leader within the healthcare sector. I would say my five to 10 year projections would include doing more work uh, in that field. So improving my, my leadership skills and gaining more experience there and hopefully moving up within hospital leadership uh, in some way. You know, ideally at maybe a 10-year mark, I could potentially be the CEO of a hospital or a health system. So I will make sure that I fashion my goals as such so that that would be a goal that would be attainable to me. Thank you, Dr. Latanya, for giving us a background of your life and your career goals, as well as what inspires you and how you've inspired others. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode, and we thank you so much for listening. As we highlighted the life of Dr. Latanya Washington, please join us for our next episode to learn more about our story, tips for success and healthcare careers, and to learn about various health topics. Stay tuned. The music on the Doctors Washington podcast is by artist Mike Burton. He's a Jackson, Mississippi native on his album, Soulful, and the track is entitled All Right. It is available on iTunes. I believe that it's gone.